Well, good morning. morning. I invite you to pray with me. Father, how good it is to come to you this morning and confess. How good it is to be together knowing that we can open up our hearts to you and to each other. And Lord, even as we gather in this place and we look into our own hearts, we do take a moment and ask that you give us eyes to see uh, even beyond our church, beyond Greenwood. And Lord, this morning we want to gather with brothers and sisters around the world and pray, Lord, for those churches uh, that are uh, facing persecution. Lord, we pray for those in places like North Korea and Somalia, Nigeria, Iran, Afghanistan, India. We pray for our brothers and sisters that you would give them protection, that you would encourage them. And that your gospel, your word, um, could go forward and draw many to yourself. And Lord, as we enter into your word this morning, I pray that uh, my words are clear, that they are helpful, and that they do bring you glory and honor. Burn off whatever doesn't do those things. Holy Spirit, be our teacher this morning. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Question for you this morning. We've already talked about confession. When you hear that word confession, what is it that comes to mind? Do you picture a courtroom? Do you picture the bright lights? Or do you think of confession more in terms of a hospital as an opportunity for healing? Or maybe you think of something else. As Matt already said, maybe depending on your tradition, how you've been brought up, you may have different thoughts, feelings, experiences with confession. I want to put confession this morning in the context of our series that we've called Made to Flourish. And we began a few weeks ago and we we looked at this picture of flourishing in, in the first psalm. And said that the the person who delights in the law or delights in the word of God, the one who meditates on that is like a tree planted by the stream of living water, of water, of streams of water. And we've been looking at these different systems. We looked at, we, we began with this root system of connection to God, connection to other people. And then the last few weeks we've looked at that that trunk that gives us structure, our beliefs, our practices, and how our lives can actually be shaped by the Word of God. That gives us boundaries, that gives us structure, all those, all those things that we need to flourish. In a couple weeks, we're going to look at the fruit that that tree bears, about how we're able to share our faith, how we're able to love people, Do the good works that God has called us to do. But there's a step in between here. And this is 
what, what I'm using in this kind of extended metaphor as the leaves, this is where metabolism takes place. This is where growth happens. This is where, you know, in a tree, it's the, it's the sunlight and it's the oxygen and the water and all that that comes in. And there's photosynthesis. There are things that happen and there are, there's food that's produced and there are also wastes that are let out. So there's a system here. There's a processing that's going on. Christian psychologist Henry Cloud talks about this as the plumbing system of your life. In other words, when you, how do you process the hard things of life? Whether it's pain, whether it's loss, and some of those you may have little control over that. But there's a third category that we're going to get into today that's really about our sin. How do you process your sin, your, your failures? How do we do that in a way that's healthy and leads to our growth and our flourishing? I would make the case that it's this step that is often overlooked in following Jesus. Because it's hard and it can be painful. We're going to dive in today, and we're going to look at one verse from James, and then we're going to put it in a larger context. So this is, um, this is going to be an opportunity for us today to kind of go old school and really dive into one verse, and I'm going to go low tech here, and we're going to write it down. invite you to turn to James chapter 5. And we're going to go to verse 16. And we're just going to break this verse down and see what the Lord's going to teach us. Because here's the deal. When you think about all these systems, we start with this connection system of being attached to God, attached to Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we have people, but we've got to have the Word of God as the truth that structures what we're about. So we're going to dive in here, and I'm going to give you a verse from James 5.16. And it starts with this. It starts with therefore. <laughs> and I'm going to read it all to you, and then we'll break it down. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. We're just going to deal with this first part. Now the therefore, therefore is always a word that, that asks the question, why? Why? Why would I even want to confess? Why is that necessary? Well, in this particular letter, this is James younger brother of Jesus, the one who didn't really believe this was all true until after the resurrection. And then he went on to lead the church at Jerusalem. Several weeks ago, we did a little series uh, in the book of James where we walked through several, several key verses in that. And James is a book that is about living out your faith. 
It's a book about how do you live out your faith under trial. This was written primarily for followers of Jesus. What's it like to be not just a hearer of the word, but to actually be a doer of the word, to actually live it out? So that's the broader context. And in this particular verse, James is going to ask the question. He says, is any, anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, therefore, confess your sins one to another. So there's a why here that says somehow... Healing, and I don't think it's just physical healing here. Sometimes healing, confession, prayer are all connected. They're connected in a beautiful way. So James is going to say, therefore, confess. Confess. What's it mean to confess? Well, in the, in the Greek, you're going to look at different meanings, and, and it's always the context that's going to determine the meaning, but we talk about confessing our faith. It's about acknowledging. It's about opening up. It's about saying, this is what is true. So con- to confess is to take that which is in the dark and bring it into the light. That's what it means to confess, to acknowledge. Now, we'll go back a couple weeks. We, we know that God already knows our sin. He sees it all, past, present, future. We'll, we'll get into that in a moment. But to confess is to, to open up, to acknowledge, to say it out loud. Therefore, confess... What are we confessing? Your sins. It's easy to see other people's sins, isn't it? <laughs> it's easy to see that. It's easy to point those out. But, but my sin, to confess my sin, oh, that's, that's a different issue. Now let's talk about this word sin. What is sin? It's it's missing the mark. What's the mark? Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the standard. To miss that mark is to sin. Whether it's the bad things that we do that violate that, or it's the good that we have opportunity to do and we fail to do it. That's what it means to sin. It's the things that are obvious and maybe not so obvious. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Confess your sins to each other. 
Here's, here's a question for you. Is it easier for you to confess to God or to confess to somebody else? Think about that for a moment. Most people would probably say it's easier to confess to God. I'm, I'm seeing some heads nodding. He already knows that, but why is that? I mean, there's, there's, there's an immediate potential consequence to confessing to somebody else. That's real, that's concrete, that's right there. So we've got to build a foundation here about how we're able to confess to each other. So I'm going to, I'm going to pause here for a moment, and I want to give you a couple other verses. All right, in this system. Okay, I want to take you to 1 John 3, chapter 19, or verse 19. Because here's what I think is the obstacle to confessing one to another. Shame, fear. These are barriers. Now, let's get some verses to help us through these barriers. 1 John 3, 19 says, This is how we know that we belong to the truth and, we, and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Let's talk about this word condemnation. To, to be condemned is a word of shame. It's a word of shame, and it's, it's, it's to say, sometimes I know things in my head. Yes, I'm forgiven. Yes, I, I, I get that. I've, I've, I've prayed to receive Christ. I've, I, I, I read the Bible, and I believe it's true, but there's something deep inside of me that is still not right. There's an experience there. There's a shame. There's a condemnation. What's John saying? God is greater than that. He is greater than that. Now, another verse. I want to take you to Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make, us, make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. What's Abba? Dada. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. That's an identity verse. That's fundamentally who you are. When you put your faith and your trust in Jesus, one of the glorious things of the gospel is that you're now a child of God. You're born in the image of God. Everybody is. But until you put your faith and trust in Jesus, we're at war with God. We're distanced from God. It's that faith, it's that trust in him. Oh, now I'm adopted into the family. 
Now, if we're to confess our sins one to another, we do that as brothers and sisters. That's the basis on which we can have this time of confession. I love the way Tim Keller puts it, and I'll I'll give you this verse or this, uh, this quotation. He says this, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense, humbles us out of our self-righteousness, and fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. Let those words sink in. To be fully known. Imagine that for a moment. Your deepest, darkest thoughts right now, broadcast on the screen. Your worst sin, not just this week, but your life, the worst things you've done, on the screen. If that were going to happen right now, what would your feeling be? I'm just going to sit and drink my coffee, no problem. How many of you would be like, I'm out the door now? I'm out the door right now. Okay. I'm a pastor, so I don't have any of that stuff. So you all, you all got issues. Okay. I'm going to say, you'll, you'll hear about some of my issues here in a moment. But imagine that, to be fully known and truly loved. Wow. What a promise. What a promise. Now, we, we get that with God, but what about with other people? Think about that. To be fully known, not just the best, but the worst of you, and truly loved at the same time. That's amazing. That's a beautiful thing to be a part of. Now, let's finish this out. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Uh, Is confession and forgiveness, can that happen outside a relationship with Jesus? Is that possible? Sure, sure. But it's interesting it's different. All right? It can, be, it can be therapeutic in some sense. Oh, confession is good for the soul. Not in the Bible, okay? That's just kind of a general truism here. Oh, there, there's a release. There's, there's catharsis of that, okay? Um, but it can also just be transactional. It can even be, you know what, I'm going to confess just enough so that maybe you'll trust me and maybe we can do business together. All right, there can, in some ways, and we live in a culture right now where um, vulnerability and all that is in vogue, and that's good in some ways, 
But in other ways, that can even in itself be manipulative. So let me just think about that for a minute. I won't go, go deep into that. But what's our true motive? Without the gospel, without Jesus, I think there can be a self-centered motive, even when it may not appear that way. Pray for each other, though. I need God's help. We need God's help. We need to involve God in this process. This is not just a horizontal you and me deal. This is, this is the God of the universe involved in our lives. giving us what only he can. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, and you will be healed. You'll be healed. What's it mean to be healed? To be made whole. To be restored, to have an integrated life. I don't believe this is a promise that's going to heal every cancer and every broken bone. There's ultimate healing in heaven, that's a whole nother story. But I believe part of what James is getting at is here, at, at here is. What's the disintegration? What are the, what are the things in your soul that are just off? And then an opportunity to confess to each other and be healed, to be made whole, to no longer have the pain of having to, to hide, no longer the pain of cover-up, all those things. Some of you know that. Some of you have experienced that. You see, I, I, I know I was at a time where I tried to keep it all, tried to pretend, and then in a moment I, I took the risk and I confessed and I, and I shared that. Oh. Maybe you're right in the middle of something today. Now, I want to give us some encouragement and I want to give us some modeling here, but we've got this verse down. Now, I want to suggest four steps to us today. Four keys here. We're still in the classroom right now. We're learning. I'm going to give you some keys. We're going to get below the surface here in a moment. But the first is time. The first is time. It takes time to get together and confess. We're busy people. We all think we have things to do. Okay? But we need time. If you believe this is worthwhile, and I want to give you this verse from Proverbs just to kind of remind you of something. Proverbs 28:13 says, "Whoever conceals their sins will not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. There is a cost to concealing. So to say, first of all, time, I'm going to make time for this. What do we make time for? The things that we think matter and are valuable. 
Do you have half of a football game to give up? Do you have one episode on Netflix? Do you have half, do you have an hour a week to maybe give up and say, I'm going to sit down with somebody and we're going to share? All right, so the first of these is time. And I would ask yourself this question what's the cost of not doing this? What's the cost? If you pay attention to the news and you look at churches and you, you, you hear big-name people that have had falls and all that, I just wonder, did they have this system in place? I don't know. I wonder, though. Did they have a system in place where they could be real and honest about their struggles? So there's time. There's trust. There's trust. Foundation is in Trust. I am for you, no matter what you tell me. That's what trust is. When you share open with, openly with me, your stock goes up, it doesn't go down. Okay, so there's trust here. There's truth. Transparency. What's the real stuff? What's really going on? How do, we, how do we get underneath that? There's a commitment to that. You know, I remember uh, several years ago in a small group, we're kind of doing the normal small group thing and going through studies, and it's good and all, and we got to one point where one guy said, how are you really doing? How are you really doing? And then that led to a sweet season of really kind of opening up saying, hey, these are the real issues. But how are you really doing? That's, that's what we're about. And then train. Train. I want you to think of confession maybe a little bit differently this morning. Let's get us out of the courtroom for a moment. And maybe the hospital where we can find healing... But what if we looked at confession as training? What if we looked at before I landed in the courtroom, before I was so broken I'm in the hospital, what if we actually said, you know what, everybody who follows Jesus ought to have people in their lives that they can sit down and I can share, this is what's really going on. These are my failures, these are my struggles. And that's training. That's training. Now, let's, uh, let's work through this. And I'm going to model it here for you a moment. So let's get out of the classroom. Oh, my goodness. Classroom's a good place. But I'm going to take you now to the, uh, let's go to the coffee shop or the kitchen table. How about that? Let's, uh, let's do that for a minute. And uh, I brought my issues with me. Anybody got issues? Anybody not have issues? There's something called pride and denial, maybe. And um, I've got my coffee. And uh, let's, um, and I've got, um, I've got my prayer card. 
on the prayer card on the back this week, um, Steps to Healing Confession. So I've got that out. And um, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to share some issues, and you're going to be beside me. How about that? And I want to walk through what a conversation might look like as you open up and share and confess. Either that or I could just pick a random volunteer and we can do confession right here on the spot. Well, here's what I've got on the, uh, on the card. And um, I'll make sure I don't go too long here. We get time. First thing I said on there is meditate on the gospel. Meditate on, what's it mean to meditate on the gospel? To, I've, I've got to have it deep. I've got to understand, all right, what, what did Jesus do for me? I'm, I'm fully known. I'm truly loved. All that stuff we've talked about. I might go back and I might read Romans 8. might read 1 John 3. And, and, and we're going to come together and we're going to talk. And I would invite you to ask God to show you someone to meet with and share this week. Might be a couple people. Doesn't have to be one-on-one. Could be three or four. Invite you to set a time on your calendar and stick to it. And ask God to remove any obstacles that might get in your way. And then you might say this to each other. I'm for you regardless of what you share with me. I'm for you. Thank you for trusting me. And then I'd get into struggles. I got a whole bag of struggles. I'm going to pull one thing out, though. This is a Savorites family size baked cheese crackers extra toasty. Aldi's finest family size. You're like, good night. What's that have to do with the struggle? Well, um, I got to tell you, I ate just about this whole box this week single-handedly. I don't even think, you know, I could blame it on my granddaughters, but I don't even think they got to the box. But here's what I did. I think I've got five left in the box. Now, I've got this habit. I don't want you to know my bad habits. I actually contemplated going to Aldi and buying a whole new box and replacing it. Somebody's saying yes. You're like, good night. How, what's his past? He's crazy. But why, why is that? It's just Kim and me. Why, why do I care that much? Why, why do I want her not to see that in me? There's something in me deep inside that can be off a little bit. A little bit of a stressful week. A couple things happened. I'm out playing pickleball on Monday, Monday evening. Make a graceful move. And then I pull my calf. I'm like, ugh. So my normal routines are off a little bit. Uh-oh. Okay, well, some more baked cheese crackers extra toasty. But for me, this is one thing. Now, we, we could dig in a little bit and say, well, what's underneath that? Again, it's not just the eating a whole box of these that's not that good for you. The real issue is I want to hide it. I don't want you to see that. I don't want you to see that about me. I want to conceal that. 
Now, we're not going to be get into all that right now. We don't have time, and it's probably not a great thing to do with everybody. But what's underneath me spiritually that might say, why do I need that? Why, why, am I, why do I care that you would see that about me? So what's that for you? What, what, are, what are your issues? What are some th- things that y- you need to um, get on the table and begin to have a conversation about? Maybe some of those things we, we prayed at at the beginning, and there's, there's a lot worse things than cheese crackers. But we all have stuff. We all have issues. And what I would invite you to do this morning is commit some time to say, let's get some of these on the table. Let's share with each other and then pray for one another. And we can be fully known and fully loved and prayed for at the same time. So that's the challenge this week. Would you take an hour? Would you go grab coffee with somebody or whatever you want to do and just begin to have that conversation? Let's pray. Father, We thank you for the truth of the gospel. We thank you that um, because these things that we sing about and we read, because they're actually true, they're actually true, we can be open with one another. We don't have to hide. So we pray now that your spirit would would guide us, direct us in these moments and even throughout our week. Holy Spirit, be our teacher. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, it's a natural next step right now to to move from the, maybe the coffee table or the kitchen table to the communion table. What do we do when we come to the table? We remember what Jesus did for us. We remember the pain that he endured because, see, there's a cost to your sin and my sin and our sin. And that's what Jesus paid on the cross. So when we come to the table and here at Community Church, if you're a follower of Jesus, the table's open. You put your faith and trust in him. Doesn't mean you don't have any issues. But we take a moment. We've already confessed. We're asking the Lord to examine our hearts. And we remember that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he gathered his disciples in the upper room. And after giving thanks, he broke the bread and gave it to him. said, this is my body given for you. Take, eat, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup. said, "This, this cup represents my blood, blood of the new covenant, blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. So just as we receive the bread, we receive the cup. So I would invite you now to pray with me, and then we'll open up the table where you can come and receive on your own. Father, again, we simply say thank you for giving us Jesus why we were yet sinners. Jesus, you loved us so much 
that you went to the cross and you died for us so that we can have life eternal and life that is truly life right now. Holy Spirit, convict us where we need convicted, comfort us where we need comforted. And as we receive the bread and the cup, we simply say, thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Come now. The table's open when you're ready to receive.